bit hey. perspective ho patreon let's go musically reviewing all the albums and songs that's right we throw it back with classics from the great beyond and even if it's trash we'll play it along let's rock the puppet perspectives patreon podcast click the link to donate and tune in like it's comcast hate it or love it just watch it we're puppets hey everybody welcome to the second episode of the puppet perspective patreon podcast quadruple p my friends yes yeah, what's the fourth p stand for obviously from patreon well this is what we're doing i am your host jarell with me is my co-host Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been about two or three weeks since I have been on the podcast. How many Hail Marys is that? And how many drinks do I have to take? Every day or hour we've been apart, I have to take a swig. Fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, well, you guys, this is our second show of doing a, a Patreon episode where we talk about albums that we grew up on in our youth and since you guys are paying for it, we appreciate all your donations. So for right, episodes are pretty much free to give you guys a little taste of what to expect in the long run, but then they'll be quickly going into our Patreon location, which is on patreon.com slash public perspectives. Go there and this is how the tiers work. If you just put in a dollar, you uh, don't get to hear this episode we're talking about right now, but you're helping us out and that's really good. But just for an extra four more dollars, making it five dollars a month, you'll get access to all these Patreon episodes, which we'll be doing twice a month of us talking about every album that we grew up on, whether they're good or bad. And you also can suggest albums that you grew up on that you want to review. They could be classic albums. They could be shitty albums. We don't care. If you want to talk about when you were a kid and you got the Wuzzles or first album, I'm just imagining some smart ass sending us like the best of Mozart just fucking way out there. Yeah. And we'll still have to give that a, you know, well, it was great in the 1800s, but now, you know, it was a little bit before its time. I feel like it needs more bars. Can we add more bars? No, no, no. We need more cowbell. That's really all it needs. Yes. We'll make any song good. But yeah, so this last episode we did, the first, our inaugural episode, was me talking about me purchasing The Simpsons Sing the Blues as my first cassette, showing you my age, in the year 1990. But this time it's Tyler's turn. Mm. And Tyler is bringing to the table an album he first bought as a kid, which um, I feel like I should, I'm going to give you guys a hint if you couldn't tell from the... uh, <laughs> the clip the art that for already but uh we are talking about a uh sorry i have a little cold take my my accent down hey seniors we are talking about the uh the band foreigner i know that's uh not right to do these days but actually we should talk in a little more proper accent when we're talking about the band foreigner and we'll get Aye. into why we, we i'm doing that but um yeah anyway talking about Foreigner, their yeah. uh, third album called Head Games. Head Games, it's you and me, baby. Head Games, and I can't take it anymore. Head Games, I don't want to play the Head 
was uh, Tyler's first album that he bought as a lad. Let me make sure I covered everything first of all. So I told you guys about the donations, but also let me tell you about the other tiers as well. Uh, so $5 a month, you get access to all our shows. If you do $10 a month, you get um, merchandise, will be, which will be coming really soon and access to the shows as well and help, helping us out, of course. And then uh, for the $15 a month, you get to choose us what um, amateur music videos that we will shoot for you. And um, yeah, you can pick a song that um, has no music video and you always wanted one. We'll do our own thing for that because we have a couple, we are um, staff and now we can actually get more videos out to you. Um, so yeah, so that's really all I got to say. Today I am drinking some rum because I'm a little under the weather, but I feel like if I get blackout, it'll make me feel better. Oh. You couldn't have chosen a worse drink to make yourself feel better. Jesus H. All right. Um, I am drinking. Oh God, what did I pour? Cause I'm like two drinks in by the time we're recording this. Um, yeah. Blackberry whiskey mixed with lemonade on the rocks. So I should have did that. I wasn't thinking As on my way mm. home from work. I didn't, I didn't properly stock up on the right amount of alcohol. Oof. That's... Well, it's, it's getting to the weekend. You can do that tomorrow morning. I think maybe we'll see how the weekend goes. Yeah, weekend here. We're recording a show on President's Day weekend. So um getting ready for all those, you know, President's Day sales, mm. you know, gotta honor the presidents. And of course, this being one of the biggest drinking days of the year, which is pretty much any holiday, right? Honestly, yeah, any excuse to drink anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So Tyler is going to be the, I guess, the main focus of this episode, but Oh. Because I'm a nice guy, I'm going to give you guys a little, I'm going to help you with the uh, the introduction to this. We're going to oh. dive deep into this one too as well. Oh boy. Um, so what we do is we talk about the album. We're going to talk about some of the tracks uh, after we find out, you know, Tyler's backstory on this record. And at the end, I'll be giving you guys some useless trivia, trivia <laughs> about the record. And Tyler, if you have any other trivia at the end that you want to let me know about, or other listeners know about, feel free to do so. Got it. <clears throat> All right. So Born, uh, there are 70s rock band. They got a name due to the fact that two of the members are foreigners. Isn't that clever? Hmm. <laughs> two of them are actually British, and the group is from New York, New York City. So, um, you know, like... Uh, Feel like feel like the first time. Cold as ice. the biggest breakup anthem from the 80s I want to know what love is I want to know what love is I want you to show me 
as a German home, a la The Last American Virgin, tears pouring down your face with this song playing. You've seen that movie before, right? I think I have. Again, it's one of those movies that was like always on TV during the weekends, but I didn't pay attention to it because I was a dumbass little kid. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I idolized a, a talking British tank engine. So honestly, anything else outside that was like, ew, no, I don't want to watch that. Okay, I get what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, if you, if, little, I'm getting sidetracked here, but if you haven't seen the the, the dramatic um, sex comedy Last American Virgin, which has like the most tragic ending ever, if you recall what I'm talking about, yeah, check the movie out. If not, uh, if you really don't, care, if you really want to know what I'm talking about and don't care, remind me. We will. I will do like a quick like um, recap of the movie and. We'll, we'll talk about mm-hmm. the ending. Anyway, getting back to Foreigner. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're good. You're good. So, uh, yeah, so these guys, these guys have nine studio albums and s- several hits, but I hardly know any of them. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? I would always say the reason is because it's my age, but I can't use that excuse anymore because surprisingly enough, Tyler has forced me to kind of bail out on that, you know, excuse. Uh, you you know half age practically and yet the first album you purchased was Foreigner this third yes. album which was released September 10th 1979 a couple decades before your birth yes a whole so, two almost two or three or yeah let's say two decades before my birth yeah so this is what's surprising you guys are probably shocked too to hear this so how in the hell did you land on deciding to buy this album and let us people know like how it became into your possession? This is our, what we like to call story time on the Public mm. Perspective uh, podcast, Patreon podcast. Sorry. <laughs> All the right. floor is yours. Let me, let me take a quick sip before I trip down memory lane here. Take us back to the year. Oh. All right. Imagine it. A young high school age Tyler. A lot less kind of facial hair. Very bad goatee. It was awful. We're talking in 2000, <laughs> 2019. 20, ugh, 2016? I'm, I'm trying to remember because I had like my license at the time, but I don't remember which one. Um, okay. So I'm getting into music. I don't have Spotify yet. Anything kind of music-wise I'm listening to is either on the radio or on youtube that i have downloaded on uh like a bootleg app uh don't look at me federal agents who are listening to this right now (laughs) (laughs) um so a week prior to this i went to my grandparents house and they had an old like it wasn't a sony walkman but it was like a tape deck i'm like oh this is cool i'm gonna take this my dad sees me walking around with it because it has like a radio function on it he's like tyler come here goes upstairs brings out this like leather suitcase full of like uh cassette tapes and you're like what is that like, man no what i'm like those? holy yeah he's like nah man all the cool kids used to carry this one around and i he had like Ario Speedwagon, zz top chicago boston and um a few other ta- uh, tapes in there i'm like oh this is so cool so he and i like literally spent spent the afternoon kind of like listening to them and it was just a lot of fun. Um, then a few days later, I went to my local record store because I, out of curiosity, I passed it a few times in the mall and I'm like, I wonder if they have any like 
you know, cassette tapes. Sure enough, mm-hmm. they have this big ass like tray almost in the back corner with like all these cassette tapes from Journey to Billy Joel, a little bit of ZZ Top and Foreigner. And I remember hearing some Foreigner songs on the radio by this point, like, you know, Hot Blooded. Some of the other big ones from i think the fourth album but mm-hmm. i saw <laughs> this one with a very provocative uh cover art let's say and i'm like <laughs> i recognize one of these songs on here it's only three bucks screw it i got three bucks in my pocket yeah like uh, you really cared about what songs were on there <laughs> i saw we're gonna get well, <laughs> i saw the album cover <laughs> oh this album cover jesus christ we'll, yeah i'm like we'll, we'll get into it too yeah yeah of course, like I buy this this album, and the person who helps me check it out is like a, a young, pretty girl around my age, and I'm like, oh, this isn't awkward in the slightest, you know? <laughs> because you're buying uh, Foreigner, that's why she was mm, like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? I guess you could say I was uh, a dirty white boy. Uh, okay, no, that's too easy. I'm sorry. I'm, um, <laughs> and it's I, from, um, you're like, it's from my grandparents. Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> um. And it was a weird time because it was like, I think early spring. And I had my tape deck like plugged into my aux cord in my car because I was weird. I was a weird kid in high school. I'll say that right now. Yeah. I, I, I popped that sucker in and I listened to that on the way home and the next few days. And I'm like, oh, this slaps. I wonder what else Warner <laughs> did. Like starting to really get into their discography a little bit more. And uh, the, the next gateway. week I actually went, I actually went back and I think I got their fifth album on cassette tape. Now, and, this is uh, my question. Why were you in 2016? Why were you buying it? Did you only have a, a cassette player in your, in your jalopy? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, like, oh God, this is so cringy and everything to talk about now, but like. I was a hipster later, before it was cool. <laughs> not, well, I guess in a way, but like in throughout high school, I started collecting like older video games and had like this really big, like, thing about the 80s like i started watching a lot of 80s movies i collect a lot of 80s like memorabilia and stuff a lot of nes games i probably sunk a thousand dollars no shit into collecting nintendo entertainment system games uh, which i still have somewhere but uh, oh, one of the things one. that okay yeah nice. oh i got them all wrapped up somewhere around here um we gotta we gotta i gotta come over and play contra with you sometime oh if you got the nest man break it out we'll, we'll <laughs> fucking do it i think i actually have contra <laughs> Oh, yeah, I do need the console, don't I? <laughs> I got the games, you get the console. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just get Someone, my time Someone machine. will bring the bruise. And make sure you put on channel, channel three and set the TV up. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> or, but, uh, or two, one of the two. Or, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Foreigner was one of those, like, cassette tapes, and, like, Foreigner was kind of, like, part of that. And, like, I still have the cassette tapes. I'm waving it around. Come on. <laughs> like, I actually do have it still on cassette tape and it works great. But, like, it, it just takes me back to a like time where I'm like, oh, the only thing I really got to worry about is high school and my minimum wage job at a local grocery store. You know, it's. So, it's isn't that amaz- amazing, folks? I think, like, Tyler obviously was born 20 years, 
too late because uh, you're 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 like you know fan your your flashback is like a lot of what um i would say people who are like born in the late 60s have the same exact story <laughs> word uh, for word uh, it's so weird Listen, my grandparents even say that I've got an old soul and I don't even know if I should take that as a compliment or an insult. So <laughs> depends honestly who I get it from nowadays. <laughs> yeah, if you, when you're swimming your fist in the clouds, you know. And, yeah. <laughs> play Blue Oyster Cult at my girlfriend's house. I get respect. Play it with my friends. They're like, Tyler, what the fuck are you doing? You're not a 40-year-old man with two kids and a picket white fence. Come on. Yeah, that was the next question I want to have before we get into this. How did your friends react when you were playing like Foreigner around them when I would assume they'd rather hear like Drake or something? <laughs> so, so actually a good deal of my friends were are kind of into that like, like that punk rock scene from like the early 2000s up until now. So a lot of them are like kind of into like Volpe falling in reverse, like bands kind of like on that line of thought. Um, yeah. So when I showed them this, uh, my one friend is like, oh, Tyler, have you ever heard of Pinball Wizard by The Who? And that was the only time I ever got like any positive things out of that because <laughs> otherwise I got like, weird stares for just listening to like Sharp Dressed Man or Dirty White Boy or even, uh, oh God, what's another, what's another older song? Um, can't say Hotel uh, California because people bop to that now like, still. Well, I don't know. My old man music thing on because uh, a lot of the stuff you're talking about is like, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, like the, the the trendy stuff, but I'm working on it. You know, Tyler's going to help me learn about, you know, geezer rock and I'll help him learn about not so not so older rock, you know. <laughs> That's what we come to. You teach me about the geezer rock, I teach you about the animated characters making albums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so that's where we go, and um, we'll have more going down. But let's um, talk about this. This album reached number five on the Billboard 200 when it came out, and it went platinum four months after. And uh, critics gave the album, like, you know, decent reviews, but we're going to find out how it is over 40 years later. So let's get into it. Yeah. The album opens up with the uh, Ode to the Filthy Culture Mail. Mm, that, that's, that's that's probably the I, easiest way to put this song um i, I think that was the original title of it and they were trying to sing, sing it that filthy way like, caucasian, caucasian male i don't know it's not it's not fitting we should change it the lyrics a bit that sounds like if white al did or white al jesus christ <laughs> white al if we, yeah if weird al did a cover of this song i feel like that's what he would call it if not some sort of food euphemism but yeah exactly <laughs> Hungry White Boy would be the name. <laughs> yeah. But we're talking about, of course, Dirty White Boy. Now, um, when I heard this song, I was like, I know this. Yeah. <laughs> These are one of those bands where it's like, oh, I didn't know they sang that song. Mm -hmm. I say that a lot when it comes to Billy Joel songs. but Oh, I, I was the same way, man. Same way. Yeah. 
So, but the rhythm is the guitar of this. I kind of, I kind of got this like uh, you mentioned them on their song before, but like kind of like a ZZ Top vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of mixed with like Creedence Clearwater in the way he, the guy sings. Now, um, I guess two questions I want to ask you is like, you know, was that your first time hearing this song when you bought the cassette, or did you? So, kind of like with a lot of like some of the songs we talked about, like on the show proper. Um, I first heard Dirty White Boy actually through Grand Theft Auto Five on one okay. of the radio stations, and I'm like, I thought, was, oh, I thought you were gonna say, I thought you were gonna say, I was walking in a black neighborhood once. Oh my! <laughs> and so oh. someone opened a window and screamed at me, <laughs> just with a big boombox like in the backseat, just someone, someone, it. someone, like, someone yell at you, look at that Dirty White Boy walking. <laughs> no, no, but it, I definitely had one of those moments you're talking about, like, oh, they sing this song? Oh, weird. Yeah, but uh, for the most part. Um, do you think the song has like this, like I read that they say the song was criticized for having like a racist, like, you know, statement in like the title, but I, and then also at the same time, the singer is saying like the song was kind of like an ode to Elvis Presley and like basically people that are, you know, courting like rich girls, but they're just like, you know, lower class. And that's more the vibe I got with this song than like, you know, it being like this, like, you know, thing truly about race. From what I can kind of tell, like revisiting the album and everything, like there's a lot of, and we'll get into it a little bit, but there's a a few songs on here that like kind of feel like that old, like fifties rock and roll kind of style, like in Mm -hmm. tone. Um, I think the first one I can kind of get that from was like uh, women. So I can kind of see what they're saying with like, Oh, it's like an ode to Elvis Presley because he like he was well. What they say his hips were too sexual or something. Yeah, okay. That quote, <laughs> but like I can see it. I can see what they're talking about. I always thought it's just you know just bullshit song about you know just getting too excited about women and kind of letting it go to your head. Yeah, I mean I find that the song's more like about like you know something tongue-in-cheek i don't think it's like yeah. that that deep anything like that which uh, is kind of like a, a thing about this group so um i was gonna get to the, the next song but you kind of like hinted on something i wanted to get kind of get into like this, mm. this whole like theme of the album like um there's a lot of like songs like you could imagine from the 70s that would be like kind of like problematic today and I think this song, this album, I should say, has like a couple of those that like deal with girls. And like Tyler hinted on the first song, which was called like Women. Women behind bars. Women in fast cars. Women in distress. Women with no dress. Women in airplanes. Women who play games. Women in uniforms. And um, with this song, it's like kind of like a different vibe with the the music where it's got more of like a bluesy kind of like, um, I want to say a country Western sound to like the guitar rhythm. And um, he recites women like in different places doing different things, women doing this, women Mm -hmm. doing that. And I think the line when he says women in uniforms see that women with their clothes torn. I think that's where it might come up a little like predatorial. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Especially when you look at the album cover, it's like, ooh, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, like with that song, um, 
how do you do you do you feel like the the criticism is warrant to for women anyway so i have to go into this because the, from what i understood from the album it's supposed to be almost like an ode to women but also like <laughs> hang with me for a second hang with me um it's an ode to women and how like it's like one of those things it's hard to live with them but you can't live without them but it's also the 70s so there there <laughs> might be some misogynistic undertones um i actually was like looking at like some older reviews that came out around like that time and like like it's still like got a good review for like just the material in general but yeah there were more than a handful of reviews are like oh this is such misogynistic trash i can't believe they would like to the point where some stations refused to play it wow and like and back then mm -hmm. that's great because um that's i i thought like this was like accepted all around that's why i'm trying to like get into that headspace of 1971 and to be on 1979 sorry and to be yeah, honest like say. honestly back then i really did not really think about like the the plight of the women back then i just just i had other things in my yeah. mind in 1979 <laughs> 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 like to be honest i really couldn't even read then i was illiterate in 1979 <laughs> <laughs> and now, i had my own i had my own problems <laughs> so i want i want to ask you did you notice a, a, a like a different in tone like besides like the the i mean like with the vocals when we switched over from love on the telephone to women did you notice anything different i love on the telephone to the women i thought the it's the same he's the singer's got like kind of this like i don't want to say he's super falsetto but he hits those high notes a lot and the the screaming stuff so i didn't hear anything different from maybe women he's like kind of more subdued is that what you mean so oh god so the first two songs on the album were actually sung by like what most people think of foreigner is the vocals of uh lou graham who was now the, is, is like, he the drummer he was the guitarist for the longest time and the the i wouldn't say he's the front man because front man is the wrong term but like he was the lead vocalist and the guitarist whereas mm. the gentleman who starts singing like on women is mick jones who was like the backup vocalist um, okay and like on double vision their second album it was kind of like a like one song would have lou one song would have um mick and then this is like kind of like one of the first album where they're like kind of going back and forth to take leads and then it kind of comes together with uh god which song was it where they both like they're both singing at the same time which it's great but like when you think of Foreigner, it's always Lou Graham because that's like where he sung like some of the bigger hits yeah, that everyone knows about. So it's like, oh, and then you go to women. It's like, this isn't Lou. Otherwise, he has a cold. What's going on here? <laughs> um, not to say that Mick is bad. He he does a phenomenal job on like a majority of the songs. But like it, it, you do notice it like it's like, yeah. oh, what? Well, I didn't uh, notice, uh, honestly, oh. and I probably would have just Owie. been like, uh, I just uh, didn't hear it. It's, but I just no, thought, like, oh, he's he's singing differently. But um, <laughs> I just, just thought it was interesting that um, the band, like, claimed, like, when they were getting, like, they had to get defensive about that song. They're like, oh, we respect women no matter what their age is, mm. <laughs> which, which leads to the next song I want to talk about, uh, the song called Seventeen. 
Apparently, Winger was not the first group to sing about um, courting a, courting oh. a 17 year old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always thought they were the pioneers of like that, but apparently, you know, Foreigner was like, not nah, <laughs> we, we already stamped the, the 17 year old girl like song. Um, but on the plus side, the dirty uh, guitar rhythm um, I thought was like, was like pretty good. I liked it. But um, explain this one, Tyler. Okay. And all, all the women are, that are listening to this are like trying to see you just worm it out uh, of this one. <laughs> I put him on the what spot. I say. I'm gonna I'm gonna be wrong. Let let let's be real, okay? I'm gonna be wrong. There is, yeah. This why not, you let this happen, Tyler? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why you let this song come out? Where were you? <laughs> um, let's see. It's 1976. 1979, man. What were you? Why were you allowed? Damn it! Um, this is all your fault. I was just a mere twinkle in my father's eye. Um, <laughs> um, fucking, I don't know, man. No, it's, I'll help you out, Tyler. Listen. Okay, please do. <laughs> I'm, I, I haven't even of, started, and I've already, I'm already <laughs> in a six foot deep hole here. The thing about it is, like we said during that time. You know, everything was like in the 70s was like, you know, a free for all, including statutory rape. So okay, I guess I, I guess <laughs> I don't know. I tried to help. Uh, floor is yours, Tyler. <laughs> so what I get from this song um, is it's another song like there's a theme throughout this. Obviously, it's uh, women can't live with them, can't live without them. Um, it also kind of, I feel like in a lesser sense deals with like relationships with women, especially I wouldn't say toxic, but like problematic relationships. Uh, clearly, you know, not acceptable now, not acceptable probably back then to date a 17 year old girl as what, like a 20 year old as a 25 year old. It's just, but then yeah. you add another layer of, Oh, she's what is the, how the young kids say nowadays hoeing around possibly she's a, she's a thought. Uh, I would say maybe she's a thought. Um, do do thoughts exist in the seventies? I don't know. We can figure <laughs> that out together. Um, yeah. But it's another song about an ex or a current significant other that's being seen around town with another man, while yeah. she's supposed to be with this other person, like the narrator. Um, I, even right. though the subject matter is kind of well, not kind of, it is problematic a little bit. Uh, the dual vocals between Graham and Jones make this sound amazing. It's just okay, it, you know. Hey, that's my high school girlfriend. What are you doing? Do you, do you hear that? It's me shoveling all the dirt, making my hole deeper. If anyone's going to be banging a teenager, it's going to be me. Oh, that's, okay. what he, that's what it, that's what he's saying, basically, right? You, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Well, right. that, oh God, there's like a Family Guy quote. It's like, "That's what I love about high school girls. I keep getting older, but they keep getting younger." Yeah, that was from uh, that movie, Days Confused, which takes place yes, in the 70s. Yes. Okay. So, there, yeah, there we go. Full circle. We're good. Yeah, that's what it is. So, that's so Foreigner, uh, obviously, they didn't learn their lesson because about mm. uh, 10 years later, like I said earlier, that hair metal band Winger did the same thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it was a thing happening. Um, I have a question about the title track. 
for head games. Is this like a song about having like mind tricks played on you, or is this like a penis reference? Um, I always took it as psychological warfare between a couple. I I don't even know why it never occurred to me, even though my head is constantly wedged in the gutter, that it didn't <laughs> occur to me that it's oh, they're talking about penis and i'm like <laughs> um, just I, a tip again, though <laughs> yeah <laughs> i always took it as like psychological um because they do say instead of making love we play head games and i always feel like that act mm-hmm. you know is involved with making love because it eventually leads to it so it's part of the sexual coitus but like yeah that's why I always assumed it was like psychological. <laughs> okay, let's keep it. Let's keep it clean. And I guess you're right. Yeah. Maybe my maybe my mind was in the gutter. <laughs> oh, okay. but you can't. You cannot say that this song isn't like, uh, like earworm material. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like uh, uh, another uh, hair, uh, '70s band when ACDC sang about their big balls. I assumed they were talking about their testicles, but in actuality, he's talking about throwing parties and having room there. So uh-huh. my mind was my mind was in the gutter. Yeah, just like saying give a dog a bone has nothing to do about, you know, dicking down women. I need to stop. <laughs> no, we're just getting mm-hmm. started. Breaking oh, down my. Tyler's first album, which is surprising because you might have been too young to be hearing this. Yeah, <laughs> a young 16, 17-year-old Tyler's too young to be hearing this. Yeah. Um, do you want to, uh, you were talking about the, the song Love on the Telephone. Second track, I believe. Yes, uh, yes. And I honest, I I was picking up like sounds from like the other song that I heard before because they were doing their traditional like um kind of cold as ice like piano keys things on that song, mm-hmm. like um and all the the classic rock elements, the falsetto vocals and the harmonies and the backing vocals, that little bit of addition of the synth keys that they do, which they do on other songs we'll talk about. Um, yeah, that was all there, and I kind of was like vibing with that song too. Yeah, it's uh, like definitely when you hear that, like "Love on the Telephone," it me immediately thinks of like their early '80s stuff, especially that's like when they really came into their own with all that synth and falsettos and stuff. Like you think it's on four or uh, the fifth album, but like we're starting um, it off. That, yeah. Oh yeah. Early. Yeah, um, yeah. There was another song on here that made me feel like it was like early 80s which one was that like oh god hold on uh the fourth one i'll get even with you i'll get even with you yeah i'll get even with you you get what's coming to you yeah like that like that poppy kind of synth sound in the beginning that opening like i felt i couldn't put my finger on it but it sounded like let me take a shot in the dark say like a duran duran song almost or like madonna like how that pop synth almost okay you listen to madonna that's cool listen man <laughs> listen we, we all have skeletons in our closet okay no nah, i'm not gonna laugh at you i would i i sometimes belt out like a prayer when i'm 
no one's around <laughs> and it's on the radio mm-hmm. but you know if i get stuck in traffic and i turn it down <laughs> yeah I, I imagine you just in traffic just windows open just like singing like a virgin like a virgin. i'm sorry yeah I, I, that can imagery relate, you know? yeah. yeah imagine it imagine mm. if you will that okay. was fun. Let's move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the thing I find about that song you mentioned is like he seems like he's like kind of blase about this um I'll get even with you thing. Like is he want is he gonna exact revenge or is he just waiting for karma to take its toll? Because uh what were the lyrics he said? I want to read it actually. He says, uh, I'll get even with you, you'll get what's coming to you. Um so are you letting it go or are you just like waiting for something to happen? I couldn't tell either because I like I listened to this one probably three or four times because like, mind you, there are no notes I could really find because, oh, Lord, help me almighty. Except, except for but, like the, the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, except for the lyrics. So it's like, oh, boy, I get to decipher some stuff. Um, Which I'm going to be honest with you, Tyler, like these lyrics are not only easy to hear, but they're also so shallow that it doesn't make take that much time to break down no no it's the 70s like, i'm giving him i'm not only am i allowing like the the womanizing but i'm also allowing like the baby talk <laughs> like the the i won't say the method like the execution i would say of like this vengeance I, like i don't know why but like i couldn't get it out of my head that it's like playful vengeance mm-hmm. like especially when i put into the context of that that like I said plenty of times, that early pop synth, it almost makes me feel like in my head I'm seeing like an unmade John Hughes film, and this is just like that that playful scene where they're like, "No, you're stupid." Like, so I feel like it's, but it could be like more serious, like "Haha, karma's gonna get you, bitch." Like, yeah, even if he's talking, he might not be talking about a girl. Maybe well, he does. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's talking about a friend or an ex friend. Yeah. But- and so that song can apply to anything. Um, I want to talk about this one song that uh, will surprise you. Um, so before Tommy Dolby was blinded by science back in mm. 1982, apparently Foreigner had the same experience with their song, Blinded by Science. Blinded by science, come on. So Tommy Thomas was blinded with science by a girl, and these guys were just blinded by science. And this doesn't this feel like I couldn't put, I couldn't word it right, but I felt like I was in some medieval like like um like television show the way like the the song opens with like the uplifting piano keys and like that flute that came in the beginning. I felt like I, I wanted to break out like D and D if I was a nerd, but I'm not. And then, like, have it on in the background while, you know, I'm rolling a die 12 and eating, like, you know, Funyuns and drinking Mountain Dew and bringing out my uh, my characters for, like, the, the session. But I don't... So the, I more, don't be, the more I don't specific be. you get, it feels like you're targeting me <laughs> specifically. 
I don't D and D, so I, I don't know what I don't know what we're talking. I just throwing it out of nowhere. <laughs> First off, any D and D player loves Funyuns. I'll let you know that right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be honest. I've been in the room while the game was played, and perhaps maybe the dice were in my hand, and I threw them on the threw them down. But you know, I've I never was, played the game before. <laughs> I was in the same room, so therefore I was, you know, infected with this horrible disease. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to campaign with you guys. That's lame. <laughs> let's watch some sports. Uh, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> let's go to the gym and pump iron, dude. <laughs> but um, um, that, song, yes. that song, man, um, it's got like this prog rock vibe, like kind of like it's like a basic Rush song, like the purest form of a Rush song. And um, at the same time, it's a ballad song. And um, to be honest, I'm going to blow your minds, but uh, I like the harmonies. I like the vocals. It's very synth, uh, soothing and it builds, but it never gets too grandiose. I think uh, Blinded by Science is my favorite song on the album. Oh, really? Okay. And it's it's shocking because you think like I would want more like tough guy, like rock and roll, but <laughs> I really like this song. So um, on the opposite spectrum, I'm assuming that you think I'm, some kind of pussy liking it and you, it's like your least favorite no no not at all not at all. a little bit no 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 um, <laughs> um no blinded by science is i i think like in my mind because like i listen to like a lot of their stuff but i definitely see what you're talking about with like the rush kind of vibes and that prog rock kind of sound and the first time i, I think i remember hearing it was like i'm like this is weird this doesn't sound like them but like coming back and revisiting like in a different light it really is them because i wouldn't say they're prog rock not by a long shot but like there's something about it that is like you said like grandiose but in a bottle without going to be grandiose like a a fabergé egg Mm -hmm. we all know it's just metal and plastic you know so yes it's a great song on the album but not my favorite by far. Um, okay. It's definitely in there, though. Did we talk about your favorite yet? Yes, yes, we have. Okay, so it is 17, right? You dirty no. man. <laughs> dirty, <No>. dirty dog. <laughs> this song speaks to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I've, been coming, I've been coming to high schools all day. Oh, my God. <laughs> makes it worse because I live a mile from a high school. <laughs> okay, no. No, my, my my favorite is hands down head games because I don't know why it's just it's so catchy it's an earworm I love it it's probably a pseudonym for about penis play you know what honestly you you forgot to mention that song has this like thumping baseline and I agree with Tyler one hundred percent it's a really catchy chorus oh, head so games catchy. oh it's you and me baby head games so oh, I can't so take it anymore. Head games, head games. It really is a banger. Just like belt, like I love like these early '70s songs because if you can, like, if the e- lyrics are easy like this, and it's an earworm, you can pick this up and sing it like just randomly. And I love that about some of these older stuff. Like, so easy to listen to. Okay, doesn't take much for you, man. No, I'm a. I'm. <laughs> where are my Uggs and my fucking? pumpkin spice latte i'm a basic basic bitch. What do you want <laughs> so uh you're blowing my mind tyler earlier because i read 
you know, I don't want to call you a liar or incorrect, but no, call song, me out. Do it. Do it on the show. Come on. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> I will. Big boy. The song The Modern Day is what I heard was the only song that uh, Mick Jones sings. It's the way I play. Let's make sure we clarify, this is not the Mick Jones from The Clash. This is a guy no. who is, I also think is British, who happens to also have the same name as the legendary British guitarist. Must be fucking confusing to be two British guitarists with the same name. But hmm. um, yeah, I read that he sang that song and I do hear a difference when he sings. So what did you think mm -hmm. of, of his voice on that song? His singing, I should say. I definitely know that was one of the songs I heard his voice a little bit more than uh, Lou Graham's, but I honestly, I could be mistaken. Cause I, I, I saw a few things here and there like, Oh, you know, he sang this song, this song, and this song where Graham sang the rest. And I'm like, Oh, that's probably why I'm like hearing like a little bit of a difference in vocals, you know, like, mm -hmm. but I, I honestly could be a hundred percent wrong here. Uh, but yeah, I think like for the most part, like uh, I think his voice sounds fine, but the song doesn't. Because um, mm -hmm. I think it's bland and repetitive, both musically and lyrically. And I think that could be said about a few of the songs, but at least the ones that are like that are, you know, fun and catchy when they're oh, yeah. redundant. This one is neither. <laughs> what do yeah, you think? It's... Modern day is definitely like a low point on the album. I mean, technically, it is on the B side, which, again, so what does that what does that what does that mean actually? Okay, yeah. for all y'all millennials, that <laughs> especially that makes more sense because I actually have the cassette tape in my hand. Um, okay, okay, so a cassette tape is like a DVD, but it has whoa two sides that can be read. So the A oh, side so where you put like you okay, okay, yeah, I guess, so, right. so like I, the A. Yeah, I get you. I always thought the ace. Okay, I thought a side and b side was equivalent to singles, but you're saying it's all like when the the first side of the record has the 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 single, and the second side of the record has like a song that's on the album but like not a lead single. I thought that was a b side. So mate, you're blowing my mind. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. Know that. So so head games and modern day were. I'm oh, sorry more b-sides but head games was like i think one of the oh no i'm sorry it was the second single that come out on the mm -hmm. from the album like pre-release okay so then why is it on the b-side this doesn't make any sense because the singles are supposed to be released like correct me if i'm wrong to like pump up the album right so yeah. i guess it's like a hook line and sinker for the b-side yeah so you're saying that um but you sound like you're saying that this song modern day um it's a low point. Is, is, is not supposed to be there? Or are you just saying it's a low point? I think it's a low point. I think it definitely is a B-side track, 100%. Okay, so let me ask you this question then. Okay. Since you bought the, the, the cassette like 20 years after it came out, it, is the version you have have that bonus track, which is called Zalia?
actually does not. Um, oh, wow. Look at you. Oh, because you bought the uh, the used copy. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, it was a used copy. It was re-released in, oh, God, I don't know. When was this bitch well, re-released? Well, that's pretty badass, man, because uh, you might have a relic in your hand. I don't think they make it that way with only 10 tracks. Yeah, because um, this one but was I, released, the remaster edition, right? The Zalia? Right. Zalia, that's how you say it. Yeah, the last song, track 11, is called Zalia. And I'm like, God damn, this is such a bland, dream, dreamy, like soft rock song. Like kind of like you're like, I would hate to say the term, but the Dreamweaver song, it's like that. But like, oh, okay. not, nowhere as good. And that song sucks. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking wait, about. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, who's saying Dreamweaver? Am I thinking of? I don't know the, the guy's name. Spoonful? Gary, Gary, Gary Wright. Wright. Yeah. Okay. I shouldn't know that. That's all you. <laughs> that trivia should not have been in my head. Get out of my head. I'm like, because I know there's a song called like Dreamweaver or something like by the Loving Spoonful. I'm like, is he talking about the right one? I'm like, nah. So Zalia is worse than Dreamweaver. And it's it's clearly clearly a bonus, uh, throwaway track that they put on just to appease like the rabbit fans. But mm. this song this song is is I think the worst song on, on the album, the the bonus thing, and um, that sang a lot. Uh, at least the, the only plus side is they must have realized the song sucks, and it ends like in less than three minutes. <laughs> so, oh damn! But um. <laughs> What are you, so have you heard that song before since you don't have that version? I think I listened to it on Spotify, but I'm I must have thought it was just part of Rev on the Red Line, the, the oh. last track on the album. Yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus. So um I, I, I must have actually missed that. Oh my god, I am so sorry. Big fan. <laughs> Listen, dude. <laughs> Listen here, buddy. I'm listening. Go ahead. Um the point of this whole thing I, is for us to de- debate fight so uh, honestly for like in prep for this i actually did i didn't just have this sitting on my desk i actually did pull this out and change the batteries in my not sony sony walkman and listen to it oh really so yeah you you, you really wanted to get works you want to get authentic with it that's cool (laughs) listen dude i was this close to going out and buying the vinyl okay (laughs) any excuse but the record player in your car always skips when you hit those uh, potholes, right? Oh, every time, dude. I need a new needle every time. Uh, <laughs> all right. So any other tracks you want to talk about before we give our ratings? No, I think we covered them pretty well. Okay. So um, I'm going to go first since I'm like the not the non-fan. And we're going to bring it on home to find out how this album holds up now with our modern ratings. But I think this album definitely is a snapshot of what was going on in the 70s. Like you hear a song like, and it could be from like Boston, from from Toto, from Yes, from Steppenwolf, et cetera, all these groups. And basically that this was like a traditional sound and this album fits like right in. So um, yeah, my rating might be low for it's like lack of creativity, but I'll be honest, if any of these songs that this album was playing at like a 70s like costume party, I wouldn't necessarily blow my brains out. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to give this album a skip this. I don't know 
why you were so intrigued by this when you bought this cassette. Uh, when there was so much modern music out there, you were brainwashed, my friends. But um, brainwashed maybe... by my father. <laughs> I am your father, mm. and I like classic rock music. She told me, "You never know." God, that scene would be so weird if he just had a tape deck and he just plugged in Foreigner and just like. <laughs> I am Darth Vader. <laughs> you gotta go talk that's, to your to Lorraine. <laughs> that's, that's 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 the that's the copy George Lucas wanted to make before uh, Disney bought it. Yeah, but that's my opinion. Uh, listening to an album forty years too late. Since Tyler, on the other hand, listened to it twenty years too late. We'll see how he thinks about it now. Final rating, Tyler, you go ahead. All right. Like I said, when a lot of people think of Foreigner, they think of like Lou Graham's iconic voice. And with this, you kind of get, as far as I can know from what I read and what I saw, it kind of gives you both Lou Graham and uh, the other guy, Mick Jones. This album, as I said, was the first one I ever owned. So it does have a little special place in my heart. However, I think the dust has kind of clouded my rose colored glasses um because there are still like a handful of good songs on this album but i'm i'm gonna be i'm gonna be tyler and say give it a low download this because if like this gets you into them that's great there are better albums besides this like i love this one but i feel like i'm in the minority here for loving this one um, especially because, again, the cover art and some of the subject matter. Um, but if, like, you want to see, like, where they were bef- be, um, between Double Vision and Four, I definitely say give it a listen, but definitely a low download Download this. Mm, okay. So, all right. So uh, we'll see what you guys think. Um, and we'll, we'll have some more classic reviews for you coming or not so classic whatever you guys want to say i must say honestly like you know so far if you want to put the two albums that we've done so far together (laughs) i mean i guess i i I don't like either that is one cursed (laughs) playlist to be honest this one is i would say is better like in 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 theory (laughs) yes this one doesn't feel like a cash crap yeah yeah exactly all right, you guys, now it's time for some useless trivia. Foreigner fun facts. Foreigner f- <laughs> Triple F. Triple F. Um, so this was the final album with the original keyboardist Al Greenwood and mm-hmm. guitarist Ian McDonald, who not only was a member of the prog rock group King Crimson, but also just died this year from colon cancer. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of weird you pick this album and he ends up passing away like the same month we're doing this hey man i didn't name drop him that's, that's <laughs> the important part you didn't you didn't kill him you just mm. talked about the album the album he was on <laughs> i only talked to the i only suggested and want to talk about it yeah yeah so technically if we didn't say anything we no one wouldn't even know but i blew, i blew all that um original basis you remember his name? Ed uh, Gagliari? Gagliardi. Yeah. Gagliardi, sorry. He was uh, replaced by Rick Wills due to creative differences. Mm-hmm. So I read that Al and Ian were fired by Mick, apparently, because he wanted it to be clear this was his band. Mm-hmm. 
So after his album, Foreigner became a four-piece. Shockingly enough, singer Lou Graham that you've been talking about was disappointed in the sound of the record, saying it seemed unfinished. Mario Speedwagon, high infidelity. And my father just dropped it. Go out of here. Get Mario Speedwagon rules. Go out. Go. <laughs> no, that's what all the kids listen to in my day. Fucking <laughs> Ario Speedwagon, dude. <laughs> That was a nice, that was, it was relevant to what we're talking about. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Still talking Old, shit in the next room. Oldies rock, man. R.O. Speedwagon rules, yes. That's very true. Mm-hmm. They have those two monstrous hits, I believe, right? And that's uh, it. <laughs> yeah, like, God, what was one of them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. May I continue with my useless trip? Please do, before another family (laughs) member interrupts. Yes. Um, So I was saying that Lou Graham does not even like the way this album sounds. It sounds unfinished. Would you agree? Definitely. It's Yeah. Yeah. I think he might be right on that because this album actually sold 2 million less than the last album uh, called uh, Double Vision. So he might have been on to something. Do you have how quickly Double Vision got to platinum versus head games or like the amount of time uh, it took? Because it took four months for this one to go. Right. Um, I don't I have that, but this is one of those cases where the album, like this album, Head Games, like got up there and then like kind of petered out because that's how it was back then. Everyone bought out. Well, so now people buy albums and they like stop buying it. I don't know. Yeah, I I have one more thing we gotta talk about, but if you want to get 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 to that first, how fast um, did Double Vision peak compared to this one? Uh, give me a second. I can't find it in enough time. Okay, so the final thing we'll talk about in the useless trivia is what we've been hinting at hinting at the whole time. Mm-hmm. The controversial album cover, which mm-hmm. features. Features a 14-year-old uh, Lizanne Frank in a bathroom, uh, boys' bathroom, sitting on the urinal, actually, scrubbing her uh, name off the stall wall with toilet paper. You may know her from uh, the movie Heathers for being neither Winona Ryder or Shannon Doherty. <laughs> she, was, she was the other girl. You're like, oh, that, uh, the, that girl? No, the other girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so this album cover is not only was uh, getting a lot of flack, but it's one of the reasons why Tyler bought the record in the first place. Excuse you. <laughs> but um, let's let's get into that cover. Oh, yeah. So funny enough, I did not know she was trying to wipe her name off the bathroom stall. Um, for lack of better description, like, it does. You thought look she was like... a trans transsexual or something? Or... No, what? no. Okay. It, it does look like she's um let's just say a non-PG 13 rating situation. Uh, I have no um, idea what I have no idea what you mean. You can clarify. Non-consensual. Let's just okay, put it like gotcha. that. That's what it kind of looks like. Um, so also did... did not know she was 14 at the time of that picture, mm-hmm. but um Jesus Christ. Now Makes you're a little now, now you're more hornier. <laughs> putting the tape deck away. <laughs> so um, much for the spank bake is closed now. 
I'm yeah. sorry. The, the no. rubble makes me feel better. <laughs> so yeah, like the, the cover art, like like we kind of said, like it caused a lot of controversy. Contro- controversy controversy uh, yeah. when it was released leading to not only not being played on the or sorry uh some of the stores that sold albums refused to stock it and restock it because of the uh cover art because they because um, the, the co-workers could not stop masturbating profusely in the store <laughs> there there were there were so many mop boys so many so little time um but even some radio stations refused to play the song, some of the songs because the artwork was DJ could not stop takes. masturbating. Also true, yes. Um, uh, another fun, useless fact uh, I have written here. Um, I'm masturbating right now. Oh, yeah, just hang on. Just no, go ahead. Uh, so I forget when they did this interview, but like when they were asked, like when they asked Lou Graham and Mick Jones about um if there was like an inspiration behind the title track uh head games like if there was a girl they, they had in mind when writing the song they said it was kind of uh here let me read it quote for quote it was through our imagination our, and our memories too that this woman came about so fun fact so it wasn't exactly like an ex-girlfriend or a cheating wife or something that inspired the song okay do you have any other uh, fun facts before I give the last one? The album four is a little bit better than this. Go check that out. <laughs> All right, damn it. We're talking about this album. <laughs> yes. This album uh, was co-produced by Roy Thomas Baker, who also produced several Queen albums. And I was oh. like, you could tell because a lot of the things that Queen does with their like, eye-backing vocal harmonies, you can hear like the band doing the same thing. So he has put a stamp on this record as well. And that's all I have for uh, useless trivia. Hmm. Um, so I want to say this was a pretty good episode, actually yeah. better than the last one because the album was better and yeah. I got drunk, drunker. <laughs> or we, we found out that Tyler is a sexual deviant. Excuse you. <laughs> And he hates women with a passion. Oh, burning passion. <laughs> Love women. Unless they're in the kitchen, he does not want to hear anything about. Joking, you guys. We uh, we, Satire. Uh, women. Satire. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We are satirical uh, chauvinists here. <laughs> mm. Thank you guys for listening to our Patreon episode. And like we said at the beginning, just for a mere $5, you get access to all these retro reviews and podcasts that we're doing. So for right now, these are um, briefly free for everyone, but they are going to go right into the podcast, uh, Patreon podcast vault, where you pay the $5 monthly to get access to them. So please tell all your friends about them. And also, like I said before, we got the different tiers, the dollars uh, just to help us do things, give you the content. but. Donate $10 for the merch. Donate um, $15 to get the requested music videos that we'll do for you. And um, like I said, we take requests. So not only are we taking requests for music videos, but requests us to review some albums that you grew up on in the past. And we'll talk about them and laugh as well. And um, give you guys our rating now from back in the day. It'll be different than what is now, or maybe it'll be the exact same. In this case, um, 
Tyler, I guess you liked this album uh, a little bit more, a little bit less than you did when you were uh, uh, 16 years old. Yeah. So that that is sense yeah. seems to be a trend for us. Like, you know, these albums are not holding up, but yeah, we're hoping that glasses. Yeah, we're hoping that changes. I mentioned the beginning of the show of the movie The Last American Virgin, which um I think if you have not seen the movie yet before, uh spoilers. Because let's face it, the movie is came out like 1982. What are you waiting for? Yeah, the, the same, three month rule doesn't apply to 30 year old movies. But at the same time, um, it might be one of those films that like you never heard of. But um, I wanted to like go out with the clip from the movie because it really reminds me of the the, the song I mentioned before from Foreigner. Um, I want to know what love is, where it's like that. You know, tragic ending to a romantic tale, which is shocking that uh, uh, a comedy from the 80s that involves like romantic comedy, I want to call it that, ended this way. So do you want to, uh, so you sure you saw this movie before? And before I talk about it, do you, let's do, just say, if you don't want to hear, like, you know, I already gave you the, the, the outro stuff for the most part, but but I will do the, the last part of it, but keep listening to that. But um. Last American Virgin, for you guys don't know, is uh, from 1982, and it's about uh, a kid named Gary, and he has a friend named Rick, and um, Gary is the virgin of the three friends. He's Gary, Rick, and David. David and, and Rick are crushing, crushing girls all the time, but Gary just can't seem to do that until he finds a, this exchange student named uh, Karen that goes to their school, and he's like interested in her. But uh, unfortunately, his uh, asshole friend Rick ends up getting with her. And you remember this? No, but it's startling to know that both of like the main character and the women woman he's interested in have the exact same first names as my parents. Oh, so the movie was basically made about your parents. So this. Is oh, that's weird. I well, I know what I'm having a conversation with them about next. <laughs> Why did they make this movie about you guys? You, Dad, are you a virgin? <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be very questionable because I am here. <laughs> I am here. I'm here. Explain that. Explain that shit. But anyway, uh, mm -hmm. Rick, not Rick, Rick, the other guy, not only takes Karen away from well, not well, Gary never had her her in the first place. He ends up getting Karen pregnant and Karen like, and he's like, I'm not taking her in the baby F you and ditches her. So Karen can't afford this abortion. And um, she, you know, like kind of Gary kind of combines her all that stuff. They kind of talk stuff like that. They, um, so he decides to sell everything and pay for the abortion. And, um, you know, start selling and also sells his car, not his car, but starts selling stuff off so he can buy this like, um, like love locket for her. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I guess you don't, you, you're, you haven't seen this movie before. You no, I have did, not because not. all I, all I'm getting right now is like dirty dancing kind of vibes. Okay. Um, so, but like you're saying it's a comedy. So I'm thinking, so maybe it's like better off dead where it's kind of, dark no it's, it's fucked the, up the jokes are are in the beginning but i'm just skipping past all that stuff to get to like the the oh, end Lord. 
And um, so he he obviously thinks like, oh, this is gonna work out. So you guys hear this like, you know, new wave stuff playing. So to set the scene for you is uh, he pays for the abortion. He um, sells stuff that he, so he can do it. And then he buys this like, you know, uh, locket for her to bring to, to give to her for her 18th birthday party, which she's throwing this big party. And when the scene starts, it's just a big new wave, new wave party. Um, so you see it, right? So mm-hmm. there's this yeah. nerdy kids dancing at the party and then um, Gary pulls up in his pink, like, you know, car. So let's, let's play a little bit of this scene and see how it works out. I think it's Boingo Boingo, right? Something like that. I feel like it is. Yeah, yeah. I love the boy on the right. Uh, is oh, he like gray pants and button down shirt, man? Yeah, but button down like a Hawaiian shirt. It's like just just dance. Uh, okay, that's what you're gonna do. Fine, <laughs> action. <laughs> Listen, Victor, have you seen Karen? Oh, yeah, I think I saw her go in the kitchen. Thanks, Victor. So the way he slapped Rick in the face like that. So you guys can't see, but he basically went to the party and um, he asked his friends where Karen is and he's in the kitchen. And he's he seems super confident, right? Just mm-hmm. on the top of the world because Karen uh, invited the party and he paid for all this stuff. So this is going to go great, right? And lo and behold, he opens the kitchen door. And the music, for some reason, completely stops. <laughs> and he sees Karen in the kitchen making out with, can you guess who it is, Tyler? Ricky. Rick. I just want you to see, like, their reaction that happens. Uh, she's, she's, she's making out deep with this guy, right? Yeah. I did my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. Cause here we are back where we were before. So she opens her eyes because they're hugging, like, and she sees that uh, Gary sees her. So you think, like, she'd be like, oh, um, and like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I can explain, right? Mm-hmm. Seems nothing ever changes. We're back to being strangers. Wondering if we ought to stay or head on out the door. Just once, can we figure out what we keep doing? And basically, they just look at him like, oh, well, <laughs> you knew what this was, right? What the fuck? That is grimy. I fucking what hate the... this girl. Fuck. <laughs> so all Gary can do is turn, walk out, 
this car Credits. <laughs> the end. <laughs> if oh. he drives home, drives home in oh. tears. <laughs> the end. <laughs> well, I'll give it to this. I didn't think an '80s movie had the fucking balls to do something like that, but here I am being flabbergasted. Yeah, exactly. Ex- I never thought a movie would end like that before. Jesus Christ. And he drives home with the credits rolling in, in tears. Like he did all this for this girl and she goes back with a guy that said, you know, I'm not going to do anything about the baby you're having. Thank you for aborting it for me. Peace out. All I got to uh, say is bitches be crazy. And you know what? At this point, I don't care what the internet thinks. And I got to say to, to my same time, going back to Foreigner is I've driven home listening to that, that song. But now it's like I look back on this movie. I'm like, you know what? I have not been, I have not been dogged that badly. Then. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think anyone I know has been dogged that bad. Jesus. Yeah. So that invites you, meet you guys. If you ever been been dumped, watch this this movie, and you'll feel a lot better. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still in shock here. I'm sorry. I got nothing. I got no more commentary here. And with that, you guys, let's get out of here. So uh, let's uh, find an appropriate song to play. And there we go. Not we got that. Not that one, right? We'll play a better one. This one will work. Um, email us at njhyberator at gmail.com if you uh, have any suggestions for albums you want us to talk about or how to make the show any better. And like I always say on our other show, we have a YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, uh, type in Public Perspectives in our search in, in the search engine, I should say. Or you can just type in youtube.com slash public perspectives if you want to be um, formal about it. When you find us, make sure you like and subscribe and hit the bell so you get notifications to you. And Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the, the three major uh, social medias perspectives you'll find us easily or public reviews 15 you can do it that way uh we'll have more episodes coming so please subscribe and uh sorry uh donate to our patreon whatever you can give we definitely can help can take the 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 the, the help it would help us a lot it makes us mm-hmm. keep the shows coming and uh keeps us from um being homeless right yeah keeps us keeps off the, the lights street. on keeps us off the streets Bye-bye. Goodbye. (laughs) Was that movie ending?